After years of hype, anticipation, and steady uptake, the Internet of Things or IoT seems poised to cross over into mainstream business. The number of businesses that use the IoT technologies has increased from 13% in 2014 to about 25% in 2025. McKinsey notes that as IoT becomes easier to implement, it will open the door for a wider adoption by enterprises spanning industry, business focus, and even size of the organization. To be clear, IoT is not limited to smart devices such as wearables and smartphones. IoT today can be found in climate control, traffic systems, medical practice, and even in education. At issue, however, is given the disparity in the device use and the extent to which these connected devices have intelligence built into them, how can you keep the enterprise secure? The case of a major bank heist in Asia of a few years back was brought about by the discovery by cyber criminals of an old router in the bank's data center. Welcome to Podchats for Future IoT. With us today is Jonathan Jackson, Director of Engineering, Asia-Pacific at BlackBerry, who will discuss some of these vulnerabilities and ways around protecting both edge and core. Jonathan, welcome to Podchats for Future IoT. Great. Thank you, Ellen. Great to be here today. Let's start off with what does BlackBerry have to do with IoT? So BlackBerry, you know, as a company has uh, been in a very long and uh, successful pivot. Um, you know, many people know us, uh, obviously, as a handset company, a mobile phone company. You know, over the last five years or so, we've been pivoting into a software and a services and effectively a cybersecurity company. So we have a, a long and rich history, 35 years of securing endpoints, whether that's phones or, or cars or devices or whatever it is. So we have a, a lot of expertise in and ability to be able to secure endpoints, and that also includes IoT or smart devices. So speaking directly about IoT, what vulnerabilities are we seeing, particularly with consumer IoT devices, and what kind of spillover effects could this have in the current environment where we are in, where we have a lot of people working from home? As we stand today, you know, entering into 2021, there have been a lot of, you know, predictions in terms of how IoT devices are going to be exploding. Okay, so I think, um, you know, recent IDC report is predicting around about 55 billion connected devices worldwide. And of those, they're going to be connecting to platforms and systems and also be storing data. So it's that storing of data and information which has an impact to consumers with regards to their data and obviously their privacy. So IoT and consumer IoT devices devices and devices that are coming into your home network have effectively become a really big problem for enterprises in this kind of COVID world where everybody's effectively just working from home. So it's now meaning that home is becoming the new kind of makeshift enterprise. And that's a big, big challenge for enterprises um, who are struggling with an expanding threat uh, footprint, trying to protect data and devices and assets and people. We're also seeing another spillover effect is just uh, as I mentioned that um, the trend accelerating with regards to threat actors. So they've now got multiple avenues for attack at their disposal. So suddenly, previously, everything was protected by an enterprise and a very should have a powerful set of security controls and measures. But suddenly that's been eroded and taken away overnight because now everybody is suddenly accessing corporate information and accessing data on a unsecured potential home network. And that's a really, really big problem for a lot of companies out there today. Now, specific to Singapore, the uh, CSA Singapore, which is a government agency, launched what it labels as the uh, Cybersecurity Labeling Scheme. What's your take on this CLS? 
I've been watching the the progress on on CLS certainly through the initial commentary from last year and obviously to the more recent announcements in terms of its implementation. And it's interesting to see that you know Singapore is to a certain degree following other best practices around the world. I've been working with fairly closely around the Australian IoT Code of Practice, which is a similar set of kind of guidelines for IoT device manufacturers, and then the other schemas or frameworks such as in the UK. On the overall principle of what uh, CLS is trying to achieve. It's a, I think it's an outstanding initiative. It's going to give consumers an insight into the potential protection and the security controls that are providing or are provided on that device. It's also going to give consumers the confidence to know that the hardware manufacturer or the device manufacturer is actually taking security quite seriously. We know that you know IoT devices are usually created with, from a consumer perspective, to be functional, capable, very productive type devices, just getting things done in a very uh, sort of slick UI and, and design, whereas security is often a bolt-on thing. It's often not even thought about, or if it is, it needs to be bolted on right at the end. And that's a really, really big challenge. So, you know, initiatives like CLS are definitely going to help to address consumer confidence in IoT devices that are coming into, into our homes and into our enterprises. How does the scheme help at least the CIO and the CISO in tackling the problems associated with hacking and cybersecurity with these IoT devices that are, can you say, BYOT? Bring your own IoT devices into the office. That's right. Well, I mean, the you know the challenge we've got today, especially from a CIO perspective, I worked with a, an organization here in Australia recently, which identified that one of their biggest challenges now in the home network setup is they've got a number of different smart devices connected to a flat home network, which has also got access to corporate data. So what they've been looking at now is kind of this idea of, and this is not new, right? The micro segmentation or VLAN technologies, we're effectively looking to create a dedicated network for your IoT devices. It's something that we talk about at BlackBerry as this kind of the zero trust approach or zero trust framework to making sure that things only have access to information that A, they need to get access to, and B, to make sure that those devices are always needing to authenticate to get access to that information. Um, and that's something that we're starting to see across the globe. Um, certainly, it's something highlighted by the FBI as a IoT best practice. And it's something that is quite a big challenge for organizations today, especially in this uh, you know COVID-19 world that we're currently living in. The other problem you know that is coming in here is that we know that from a security perspective anyway, threat actors out there recognize opportunities where there's least resistance. So IoT devices, which are effectively unsecured or open to the internet, for example, is a very easy way to backdoor into a home network, which has got corporate data on it or or corporate information, corporate assets. And we're seeing that more and more. So through 2020, obviously, phishing attacks on the rise. Everybody's aware of the ransomware attacks, et cetera. And, you know, these types of IoT devices can be used and have been very successfully used in the past with some very significant data breaches, such as the Mirai botnet attack and and other types of uh, infiltrations. Let me ask you this. I mean, you're talking about uh, hygiene, right? Cyber hygiene. To what Mm. extent do end users truly have an understanding, especially those that are working for corporate organizations, have an understanding of what cyber hygiene really means and from their perspective, what their responsibilities are to meeting uh, cyber hygiene standards that their companies are starting to enforce? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the concept of cyber hygiene is is relatively simple. People understand, or the, should to do, in this day and age, should really understand, you know, data and privacy implications of the information that they're sharing. They should also understand the vulnerabilities that exist on un- unpatched systems, on 
you know, unmanaged devices where, you know, there are no security controls, etc. So I've been talking to some organizations around is a, what we're calling this sort of digital detox, which is kind of this concept of looking at your, your cyber hygiene and your cyber security and just really have a, a stock take on who, what has access to what information, where's your data being stored, how is it being encrypted, who's got access to your information and, you know, what would happen if that if that organization or that device or that, uh, or that system or that cloud environment got breached. And again, it, it comes back to this concept of this sort of zero trust model where effectively everything needs to be untrusted and everything needs to earn the trust to access the information that it requires. And that, and that flows through to IoT devices as well. You've got two sure. organizations. You've got the traditional back office type of operations, which is almost everybody else. Then you've got the manufacturers, the producers of these IoT devices, right? Yeah. To that extent, yep. how can these types of entities uh, on the manufacturer side ensure that the products that they make are secure by design? And for the enterprises, mm. the CIOs and the CSOs, to ensure that the uh, devices that they are introducing, whether directly as they're part of their effort or through employees, such as uh, you know employees coming and bringing their own devices, how do they ensure that? That anything that comes in is uh, complies with, as you rightly mentioned, cyber hygiene and, and efforts to contain mm. or to ensure that the backend systems, everything is protected. Yeah, so let's, I mean, it's, a, it's a good question. Let's unpack a little bit. So we'll, we'll, we'll separate manufacturers from organizations. So let's go after the manufacturers first, right? So the, the challenge the manufacturers have today is that the, when it comes to IoT devices anyway, the smarter the device, the, the higher the associated security risks are with that device. And what I mean by that is because these devices are often now storing information. They have data traversing the cloud and being stored elsewhere. And they have access to information which is pretty significantly private and secure for an individual. So the protection of that data by manufacturers, as well as the software that run that needs to run on that device, is absolutely paramount in this day and age. So you know, the hardware manufacturers should really be looking at security first, security first approach to software engineering, things like software product development lifecycle, or what we call in the industry SDLC, which is a real sort of um, set of measures to make sure that they are delivering and developing products, both hardware and software, to make sure that you know security is built in from the start and it's not something that's bolted on afterwards. You know, as it comes to organizations or, you know, the CIOs out there of this world, they need to have the assurance that the devices that are being used by, by the consumers in their, you know, in their home or actually even in the enterprise absolutely must meet a minimum standard set of security capability and requirements to ensure that uh, your corporate data is secured at all times. That is a, a big challenge today for organizations, but things like, you know, this initiative from Singapore with the, the labeling schema is a, is a great start to be able to bring security front of mind to both manufacturers of IoT devices as well as organizations and consumers who are utilizing these devices today. Jonathan, thank you for joining me on Podchats for Future IoT. Great. Thank you for inviting me, Ellen, and uh, great to chat to you.